Hi Evie, it's so good to see you. My name's Matt. Um, some of you might recognise me, some of you have no idea who I am. Um, but I used to be um, part of the food bank team um, and I'm now a part of Woodlands Church. Um, but I have a super high passion for social action. And that's why it's great that this very weekend the noise is going on. It is the noise weekend. Bank holiday in May. It's all about the noise. And I want to share with you one of my favourite noise stories. And that was, cast your mind way back. Imagine me. It was in, I think it was around 2006. I was a 16 year old. I had hair. I didn't have a belly. Less chins. I was looking a lot better, let me tell you. Um, but one of the projects that I was a part of was um, connected with the community church over in Southmead. And our leader in our group was Marion Roderick. She's actually one of the leaders over at, at community church in Southmead. And we were on this estate in Southmead, um, just cleaning up people's gardens. We absolutely had a whale of a time. It was loads of youth at the church. We had a great time, but at lunchtime, the lunch break, we were at uh, a field near an estate with loads of, uh, kind of council block apartments. And uh, we hear someone shouting, Marianne, Marianne. And we look up on the second floor and there's this lady leaning out. She's part of the, the church community. She'd kind of been in and out. She wasn't fully connected in, um, but she was shouting, Marianne, do you have a sofa for me? And Marion looked around and thought, oh, I don't really have a sofa on me right now. We're just on a field having our lunch break. Um, but she thought, actually, at home, there's a spare sofa that we've got. And so a few of us jumped into Marion's car. We drove back to her house. We loaded up the uh, sofa into the back of the car, we drove back onto to that square of grass. And um, Marion is, is rogue. She's a rogue person. She gets very excited. I love her to bits. Um, but we decided that rather than carrying the sofa up through the uh, the apartment, up the stairs, and we'd go route one, and we'd try and lift it over the balcony into the second floor. Now imagine a group of teenagers, and Mary and Roderick, very excited. We're all super skinny, but trying to be tough and strong. And we're lifting up this sofa, up the side of this apartment block, trying to get it over a balcony. Another group of us up at the top of the balcony, leaning over, trying to pull this up. And we lift up this huge sofa all the way up. Don't tell any of the noise guys. Health and safety was well out the window a long time ago. But we managed to lift up this huge sofa into this person's living room, squeeze it into the corner. No one got hurt. We all felt tough, strong and incredible. We'd help this person out with a free sofa. And for me, that's such a model of what community looks like. What an incredible model. And as seeing that the local people reaching out to the church, reaching out to local people saying, hey, can you help me out? And the church, other local people with Marion responding, saying, here it is. I'm going that extra mile to support you. A lovely thing, but I personally am fascinated by community. And if I was going to title this talk, I'd probably call it the power of community. And I'm fascinated by community because wherever you look all over the world, communities always form. There's something about humans that, that, that we are just drawn into community, drawn into like-minded people. We just have to form community. And, and why is that? And when we read the Bible, we see why it is that we are drawn almost inherently to community. 
we see that actually our God, our creator God, who created uh, the world, the universe, created everything, our God is actually community. We read in the Bible that our God is three in one. He is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God created everything and he sits at the centre of everything. Therefore, of course, community is a part of everything that we do. It's no surprise at all that we are drawn to community. You probably know what that feel. You probably had that, that feeling of, of wanting to connect with people. Well, I believe that it's when we read through the Bible, we see that is actually how we are created. We are created by a, a community God to be in community. Uh, and we see this as we read through the Bible uh, and we see it in some of those slightly weird and wordy, slightly confusing um, sections of, of the Bible in John's Gospel. And, and here's a little snippet. It's John 17 verses 4 through to 5. And it says this, I, that's Jesus, have brought you, that's God, glory on earth by finishing the work you, God, gave me, Jesus, to do. And now, Father, Glorify me, Jesus, in your God presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And you see what C.S. Lewis calls the dance. And that is that um, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit from the beginning of time were all merged together. Were all dancing in communion, a mixing of life, of connection. So of course this spills out into creation. It is no wonder we are desperate for community. But don't even get me started with COVID. I'm sure as we look around, we see that as we've locked our doors, as we've closed in, as we've retreated, and, and rightly so, we've, we've had to disconnect from our, our families, from our, our community, from that personal interaction. We see that maybe even our neighbourhoods and our communities are more fractured than they've ever been before. There's this greater longing, and I'm sure you've heard it with, with some of your friends, there's this greater longing for community. And we even see that in, in the church as well as across the UK, more and more people are signing up for Alpha courses, seeing that the church is about community and wanting in and wanting to explore what that means to be in a, in a church community. It is unbelievable. See, God is a community calling us to be people of community. We even see it at the very beginning of the Bible that, that God says, let us, that's God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image. Let's make them like us. We are constantly called into life of community. But this isn't just a Christian thing. It's actually kind of sociologists um, say that wherever there is overlap of intent, interest, experience, identity, maybe even geography, you start to see community form. And I don't know what your secondary school life was like or even primary school life was like. But for me, I was, I'm a born and bred Bristolian. Um, I went to St Mary Redcliffe. And looking around school, you can see straight away that people start to form their little groups. You'd have the music guys would all go into the music rooms and play the little musicy things. You'd have the, um, the sporty guys would be going out onto the field playing football, kind of sunshine, rain, whatever, always out playing sports, gathering together. 
You'd have the nerds all going to the library, all smelling the place out. I joke. I love nerds. See, the nerds are the people that we all end up working for. More power to you, nerds. You'd even get the guys that are at my school would go behind the bike shed, don't worry, and smoke. So they'd be smoking behind the bike shed. Um, again, gathering together like-minded people. You'd even get the people that say, hey, I reject all this cliqueiness. I reject all this kind of dividing into groups. I, I don't want to form a group at all. I'm kind of anti-establishment. And then they start to form groups of people that are all anti-establishment. So we can't escape the fact that we are all made for community. And the question I want to ask you is what sort of community are you? What sort of community are you as Ebenezer Church? What makes you a community? What part do you individually play in your community? Even casting it wider, what sort of community are we as the church in Bristol? What sort of community are we as followers of Jesus? And I want to look at um, a passage in, in 2 Corinthians, and it's um, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through to 20. And I'll, I'll read it out uh, for you guys as well. But if you've got a Bible at home, why not flick it out? It's always good to open a Bible up. So it's 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 17 through to 20. And here's what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. There's two points I want to make out of that. And it's what is us as, as community. And those two points are, we are community because we have the same saviour. We are community because we have the same mission. See, we as church in Bristol have the same saviour through our accepting of Jesus dying on the cross for us and our sin. We worship and serve the same king. We collectively are the people of God. And as a result, in you and me, we are fundamentally, our identities are completely shifted. It's a shift where now primarily our identity is in Christ, not in any other defining element of what we might be. See, I was born in Bristol, but I'm not primarily a Bristolian. I'm a husband, but my identity isn't primarily a husband. I'm British and white, but my identity is not primarily British and white. See, I've been, as the Bible says, bought by the blood of Christ, adopted into the family of Christ, and placed in what the Bible calls the communion of saints, which is me and you collectively, together, we are the church. We are family, we are community. And Christian community at its fullest sense is diverse, rich and an amazing representation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that means that you and I 
wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever you look like, however you've been brought up, your family situation, your work situation, your health situation, we become a type of family that transcends, it goes above all other measures of identity. It transcends our similarities, but it also completely transcends our differences. See, we collectively together are a community united together because we share the same saviour. The second thing is the same mission. Now, if you're going to take anything away from this little talk, it's this point. We are on the same mission. So going back into that passage in, in Corinthians, it says this, um, Christ gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And later on it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. See, we all have the same mission. And I love this because we're all so different. I know watching there are going to be teachers, uh, shop workers, care workers, church workers, uh, charity workers, we stay at home parents, there'll be unemployed business leaders, students, children, all walks of life. We cross all sorts of different demographics, we're sprinkled across Hallfield, Lockleys, Filton and further, but we all collectively have the same mission. We all exist to be ambassadors of Christ. The amazing thing is, that's not just down to church leaders. Sometimes we think that the church leaders are the ones that are doing it, therefore I can kind of sit back and they sort of do their own thing and I might agree with what they do, I might completely disagree. Um, but they're doing their thing, they're doing the mission. Completely wrong. We're all in this together. How exciting is that, that you have significance, you have importance, you have purpose. You add something to this mission. We all exist to be ambassadors of Christ. But do you know what it means to be an ambassador? Put really simply, it means that you are a representative of Jesus. You represent what Jesus is like wherever you go. We're a community of people, not only united by the same saviour that is Jesus, but united by the same mission to reach the people of Hawfield, Lockleys, Filton, and further, the poorest, the most vulnerable, those who are struggling, who are downcast, who feel down and out. We are, uh, we are a community who wants to see transformation of our local community. It's at the heart of everything we do, and I know for a fact it's at the heart of what you guys do as Ebenezer Church, that you want to see your community transformed. You want to see the love of Jesus, the peace, the hope of Jesus spilling out into every area of where you live. You want to see stuff happen. You feel passionate about that. I just want to encourage you that I, I see that as someone who's, who's not part of Ebenezer Church. I see from a, a citywide perspective that you guys are known as a church who does stuff, who does social action, who actively loves people around you. You are known as that. But I want to encourage you to not give up on that. I actually want to encourage you to push in even further. See, I wonder for you guys, what does it mean to love those around you? 
Does it look like praying for people? Does it look like being generous, being kind? Does it look like just caring about justice? Standing up for the little guy, being a peacekeeper, being quick to forgive, speaking well of others, caring for the poor. What does it look like for you to engage with this mission of the church? And like I said, I love the noise. I love that it's focused so clearly on this bank holiday weekend of going out and actively loving people, actively showing the love of God to those around in our local community. I love that so much. But this mission that the Bible calls us and we as a community who follow Jesus, we are called to live is so much bigger than one weekend. It actually calls us to be, uh, to be serving this common mission 365 days a year. And I can hear what some of you are thinking. And I can hear you say, actually, you're that person. You need community. You need people coming to you, loving you, caring for you, praying for you, supporting you, being generous towards you. I can hear, especially over COVID times, as things have been just so tricky to navigate, I can hear those difficulties even emphasise further. How can I be asked to go and serve other people, to love other people, support other people? Well, I don't even have time for myself. I don't even have energy to do it myself. And yet it's a huge part of church. And being part of a church community is being supported, being loved for, being cared for. I do hear that that's a, that that's a real difficulty. But I just want to share a little bit about myself and get a little bit vulnerable if that's all right. Because especially this COVID time, I, I'd say actually pre-COVID, I, I was... I was super caring. I actually would give more than, than I would receive. I, I was trying really hard and, and I was actually, I think I'll be kind of fair to say I was, I was fairly good at that, but COVID has hit and I feel drained. I love people, but I have no energy for people anymore. I actually really struggle with it. Um, there's a lady who uh, lives next door to us, an uh, older lady and an older older guy um, and they're really struggling at the moment um, they are going through lots of health difficulties um, they're both old already but they're they're really struggling they have no community no connection they're constantly looking for for that attention and, and when I drive back from work I'll sometimes see um, them sat outside and just looking for a, a conversation and I feel so low on energy. I feel like I haven't got time. And so just super embarrassed and ashamed, I would often just sit in my car and just pretend like I'm on my phone. I don't have time, I don't have energy. What would I be able to do to help you guys? I don't want to have that conversation now. I just want to get into my house. I just want to sit down, eat food, go to sleep, rest, recover. I just don't have time for it. I don't have energy for it. I've been doing that for a while. I feel ashamed to say it because I feel like we're all struggling with that, that sort of thing of, of not having energy, of saying, I don't have time, I don't have energy, I can't physically force myself to do this. I'm empty. I've lost all my human strength. 
But really recently, another Bible verse has come to mind. And it's one that's, that was true in, in the times of the Bible. It's true for me. It's true for you guys. And it's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'll read it out to you now. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, here's the reality. I don't go in my power. I don't go in my strength. I come in my weakness to God who fills me with power by the Holy Spirit and sends me out in his power, not in my power. See, this isn't about me. <laughs> if I was to do things in my own strength, they'll just be little mat-shaped things and they'll kind of be a little bit rubbish. But if I do things in God's power, in God's strength, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have untapped power. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm doing this with the living God. See, God has placed you in a specific area, a specific neighbourhood, a specific workplace, family, friends group. It's all on purpose. See, you've been placed there for a purpose. And that is to be an ambassador of Jesus. That is to be someone who embodies everything that Jesus was and is. See, the disciples, when they were sent out in the power of the, of the Spirit, where were they first sent? They were sent to Jerusalem. Where were they placed when, when they were sent? They were in Jerusalem. Actually, they were being sent first and foremost to the place that they already were. They were being sent and called in the power of the Holy Spirit to the place where they already were. See, that verse in Acts doesn't call us to go straight away to moving mountains, to go miles and miles for people, to go above and beyond and beyond that. It actually calls you to the person that's in front of you, the situation in front of you, the community in front of you. What does it look like to be someone through the power of the Spirit, the living God within you? What's it look like for you? to be reaching out to the person that's in front of you. Who is that person? Does it look like signing up to serve at the cafe at Ebby, just serving those who are looking for connection, who are looking for um, friendship, for conversation? Does it look like signing up for a, a befriending scheme or signing up to clean someone's garden or signing up to one of the other community projects that I've got no doubt Ebby are already planning? Maybe you don't have lots of time but you want to give finances. I'm sure that these projects need money to run and, and could you be generous and support those projects um, through giving generously? Does it look like being an active light in your workplace? Actively taking Jesus into the place that you work, talking to that person who's lonely, um, praying for people out in your workplace. Does it look as simple as chatting to your neighbour? praying for your neighbour. If you want to do something but you're not sure where to start, I am sure that any of the leaders at Ebby would love to point you in the right direction. So why not ask uh, Stu or Esther, Derek or, or Steve, I'm sure they'll be able to point you in the right direction. May have stitched you guys up there a little bit. But are you up for the challenge? Are you up for the challenge? 
how are you going to respond to this? So you have been drawn into this community of Ebi. You are united together by the same saviour for the same mission, to be an ambassador of Jesus and to serve and love people wherever you go. That's who you are as church. That's who you are as Ebi. I just want to finish now by praying for us. Um, so if you're at home, why not um, close your eyes and, um, yeah, I just want to pray that, um, that the Holy Spirit would fill you and empower you if you're feeling um, drained. And, and also to pray that you'll feel the sense of community, you'll feel the call of community, you'll feel the call to be community to those around you as well. So here we go. Father God, I thank you for community. I thank you, God, that you as a person are community. And from you all life springs. And so naturally we are drawn into community, not only with you, but with each other. I pray, God, that you would help us to be true community with each other, to be looking out for those who are on the margins, who are feeling drained, who are feeling beaten down, who are feeling on their, their last legs. I pray that the, the differences that we have would be seen as, uh, as less than the, than, the, um, than the community that we have in you, Jesus, than the, the same shared knowledge that we are saved by you, the identity that we are family together. I pray that, that would override the differences that we have. And finally, we want to say yes to the mission of the church. We want to say yes to serving the people of our community. And so I ask Holy Spirit that you would fill us up. You would empower us by, by your strength, God. We need you so much in this next season of life. So thank you, God. Amen. Thanks, Abby. Good to see you.